Blog Talk Radio. What's up, guys? You're listening to Wide Open Radio, the nation's number one motorcycle talk radio show, with your hosts, Courtney Lambert and Dave Withrow. Hear real talk discussions about the latest custom motorcycle news and events. Now grab a drink and have a seat, because we're about to get started. What's up, guys? You're listening to Wide Open Radio. I'm your host, Courtney Lambert. We're going to have Dave Withrow calling in in just a few minutes. Um, Dave is actually up in New York right now for IMS. You guys probably heard us talk about that last week. So uh, we're going to be hearing some really cool stuff that's going on there. Dave actually was just sending me pictures from um, the event that they're attending right now. That's the, um, let's see. The Victory 156 Combustion Concept Launch. We're going to talk about that a lot because this is a really cool deal um, involving Zach Ness. And Dave just sent me some pictures of him with our featured guest tonight, Jeff, and Corey Ness, and our buddy Steve Kofsky. So uh, that's pretty cool that they're all together, and I'll post those as soon as I get them on the line. Um, but we've been going through a lot here the past few weeks trying to get everything ready for some new changes in the show. Um, we've had a lot of new listeners, so if you're a new listener tonight, I want to make sure that um, you guys get a good experience, so we'll try to make sure this is a good show. Um, we've had we've had a lot of um, people responding via email and um, text messages and things like that to let us know that they've been listening, and that's really cool. So uh, we have Dave on now. How are you? Good, I've been on. I just called on a different phone. I know, you tricked me. See, what happens is people call in to listen to the show also. So, like, right now I have 27 different phone numbers listed of people who are listening. But I didn't see your number, so I was like, oh, maybe he just isn't going to call in tonight. I called in earlier than I've ever called in waiting for that (laughs) uncomfortable uh, little repartee that we have. I saw the number there. I just didn't know whose it was. I'm out of breath. I didn't realize how close to showtime it was, and I looked up, and we had a minute and 11 seconds left, and I usually make sure that I take a bathroom break before we get started because we've been going two hours lately, and I made the mistake one time of trying to hold it the entire two hours, and that that was not fun. So in a minute and 11 seconds, I ran to the back of the shop and came back, just in time to do an introduction. Did you uh, wash your hands? I I rinse my hands off, and I have hand sanitizer up here at my desk. Does that count? <laughs> yes, it does. Well, I, okay, I good, because you just totally I'm, put me on the spot. I am calling from the mobile Steve K Command Center, K.A. his Lincoln. Uh, I can't even believe you guys that let that number loose. That's like well, I, nobody knows. How, nobody can see that number, can they? No, but I can. Okay, well, Steve has no Steve idea how much I'm going to harass him now. Bring it on! So I literally <laughs> took that picture with with Corey and the guys, and we Steve and I ran out here uh, to start the show. And at some point, we're trying to we we're going to have uh, Jeff in the back seat. And we're going to go find a quiet bar where I can go to one end and he can go on the other because we're in Brooklyn right now. 
Okay, well, good luck finding anywhere quiet. No, I think it's a Thursday night. I think we can. Uh, You're in Brooklyn. Nets, you should can... go by. You should go to um, to Bobby to Indian Larry's place. If I had even thought about it, I'm sure that he would have been like, "Yeah, come on in." Well, so we show up at the party an hour early because traffic wasn't that bad. So we mm-hmm. can't go in an hour early. So I said, "Well, there's a liquor store in Brooklyn that has a bottle of Jack Daniel's rye, which is very hard to come by right now." Mm-hmm. So I said, let's just go over there. And we map quested it. It's nine miles away. So we figure, what, 15, 20 minutes? <laughs> An hour and 15 minutes each way. Yeah, that sounds more like so it. So we show, we end up showing up an hour and a half late to the party. All the cool kids show up late, so it's okay. Well, we we did show up early enough to get that picture. Did you post those once? I didn't post it yet. I just posted updates to all the pages saying that I'll do real-time posts as we're talking about things. So if you're going to tell us about the picture right now, then I'll go ahead and post it. Well, oh, Wait, first uh, of all, wait, so before you get started, so do we kind of have a special unexpected co-host tonight? Is Steve well, with you? Well, Steve is listening. Yeah, he's listening, and he knows to be very quiet unless you I, – I said don't speak in, unless you're spoken to. Well, at least let him say hi. Hello. <laughs> Hello. How are I you? I think I'm good. I, it sounds like Dave's not going to really let you say too much, but I at least wanted you to say hi. He, no, he nodded his head. <laughs> Man, anyway, <laughs> not tonight. All right. Well, tell us about where you are. I was trying to tell everybody before I brought you on about um, you're in New York for IMS, and there's a special event tonight. So, yeah, this is the victory, what they're calling their 156, which is the the 1,200cc bike. And I didn't realize what the 156 stands for. Do you know what it stands for? I don't. Please tell me. So, (laughs) I like it when she's sweet like that. But uh, so Roland Sands built a bike for Pikes Peak, and okay. his wife was ex- his wife was expecting, so he didn't ride it. He had one of his guys ride it, and in Pikes Peak, there's 156 turns. Ah, gotcha. That's so cool. They, and I didn't know this until tonight. So they named it uh, after that. So they've got uh, a road racer that that uh, Roland built, and then they unveiled. So our 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 listeners are the first one to see that picture of Zach's bike once you post that. And then they had a guy from Sweden who, who built a bike as well. So they're really getting into racing and embracing racing, which is kind of cool because, you know, Harley has, has done the, the the Harley drag stuff, and, and it hasn't been – when was the last time we had a Harley race bike? 20 years ago? Yeah. So it's great, it's great to see an American company that's investing in, in racing. And more than just drag racing, so yeah. they they took they took a bike to Isle of Man and actually made the podium, which is one of the nastiest road races in the world. So we're just out here celebrating, seeing a lot of industry friends. How long have you been in town? I got in late last night, and uh, we hit the city uh, about two o'clock today, and then mm-hmm. tomorrow the show starts. So we'll be at the show. All day tomorrow, and I'll get you some good pictures. Yes, please do. Um, how how many people are at this event tonight that you guys just left? 
a lot of people, or is it just mostly I, like invite only well, industry people? Yeah, it's invite only, so there's 50 or 60. That's pretty and cool. What's cool is, uh, obviously Zach is here because it's his big moment. So Corey came with. I think Corey said he hadn't been to the show in four or five years. And then uh, my favorite is Max Ness. Zach's younger brother is here. His first time in New York. So oh, that's the, cool. the three Ness men are out and about. Very cool. You know, it's funny because he was just inducted into the Hamsters this year. So the Ness family is taken over in the Hamsters. It's pretty funny. I was talking to him about it uh, afterwards, and I was like, do you even, like, do you have concept of, like, what you just got into or, you know, and he's, he was so overwhelmed. It was so funny. But I think it's cool that his granddad gets to see him in there and, um, I don't know, participated in it with him for a little bit. Well, and he's a sweetheart of a kid. I've known him, Kat. I yeah. I think I met him when he was 10 or 11 and just a nice kid. Um, it's amazing how the, the two sons, Zach and Max, are completely opposites you know they are Zach is the outgoing guy you know he's he's the life of the party and and max is just kind of the quiet one that's got a, just a wicked dry sense of humor yeah he does give it a little bit of time though i think i don't think he'll ever have the same personality as zach because they're just different people but i bet he'll be opened up a lot more because do you remember three or four years ago whenever Zach first started being really exposed to the publicity and everything like he is now, he was a little more quiet and reserved then. He's he's a lot more open and uh, has a lot more personality now, I feel. See, but but you're you're a, a, a female, so mm-hmm. I've seen the, the other side of him <laughs> since he was probably 16. And, yeah. Uh, he, he's... He's a straight out. Uh, he he's out for a good time, and and I've had some good times with him. Yeah, the ladies, the ladies love him. I know. You know, he always comes by my Allstate booth to say hi, and you know, whatever. Um, he and I were standing out in front of the booth in Phoenix for Arizona Bike Week this year, and it was so funny because I kept smelling this smell. And it, a good smell. It was like a perfume smell. And I was like, what? Where is that coming from? And Zach and I probably talked for 20 minutes or so, and he had a whole group of his friends, and they were about to go out to the hideaway or somewhere. But after they left, all the girls, you know how I have all the girls that work the booth um, collecting information from people, signing people up? All the girls started coming over to me. Who was that? Who was that you were talking to? Do you know him? Come to find out they were all going in the trailer and, like, freshening themselves up, brushing their hair, putting perfume on and everything because he was at the booth. So that's what I was smelling the whole time. Well, they, uh, him and his, his crew showed up. We were judging Baddest uh, Bagger in Arizona, and they came in the tent, and I thought they were on spring break. And yeah, they had just been out all night long, and yeah, he. It, it's a good thing to be him. I, I think I told you the story. It was four years ago, maybe five. I was at Rot Rally, and we'd all gone to dinner, mm-hmm. and the whole t- and and Arlen's with us, so he's with his grandfather, and he's on his best behavior, but he he kind of seems distracted the whole dinner, and 
turns out that he's looking at two girls across the bar. And we finish dinner, and he goes, well, got to go. And all of a sudden, he stands up, and the two girls come over, and they leave. And I think it's the next morning. It's 9 o'clock. I'm sitting in the hotel lobby, and he walks in. So he, just, he was just getting home when I was going to the store or the show. So that's uh, probably not a story I should have told. But I was about to say, me. you just busted him, Dave. Yeah, it just adds to his uh, his rep, you know. Yeah, I guess that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, so, what? Um, who have you seen so far? I know there's a lot of industry people in town. You probably won't see a lot of them until tomorrow. But who have you met up with so far? That's literally it. Okay. Literally, we 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 spent more time in, in Steve's uh, mobile command center than we have <laughs> outside because I forgot how bad traffic is here. And I, you know, I drove from the suburbs of LA to the city for three years and you forget literally how bad traffic can be and it is horrible yeah so yeah we're we, I, we've been enjoying that i can't believe that you expected to get nine miles in 15 minutes that still blows my mind that's pretty funny well do you think i expected it to be an hour and 15 minutes though I mean that that's uh, that's what's crazy. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. I don't know. I I know that this is the best, the biggest IMS show though. So um, tomorrow should be huge. Uh, Saturday is the biggest day, right? Yeah, and and here's what's crazy is you know what? Right now the temperature is forty degrees. Okay, see, you're talking to the wrong person. You're throwing me off because whenever you say 40 degrees, I feel like you're telling me that, like it's a good thing, like, oh, it's only 40 degrees, so it's not snowing. But you know 40 degrees to me is like. Well, let me check that. That's 40 degrees my phone was showing. That's Spearfish, South Dakota, which is a Uh great night. It's 62 here right now. Oh. So today it was 70 degrees with the sunshine and, and it. It was a beautiful day. So, yeah, I, what's going to happen is when the weather is nice here for a show like this, all the bikes are going to be out this whole weekend. Everybody's going to ride to this show. Can't find That's cool. That's really cool because I'm sure that that doesn't happen up, very often. What? Did you pick up? Steve the K had a comment. I don't know if you heard it. Oh. All of a sudden I heard him speak. Uh, they're all going to ride, but you ain't going to find parking. <laughs> uh, I bet. I bet. You, I think you have to make hey, I, parking I, there. I have uh, I have two jokes for you tonight: a, a quick one that you're not going to get, and a longer <laughs> one that that you may. I'm not going to get. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you want to hear the short one that I know you're not going to get? Sure. Okay. Uh, a seal walks into a club. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dave. <laughs> You, I'm like, you mm-hmm, got that. keep that's going. That's the one you got. That's the one you got. <laughs> I told you, I have, I, I don't know, I have a weird personality. You tell me these eight-year-old jokes, little eight-year-old girl jokes, and I don't get them, but you tell me something about bashing an animal on his head, and I'm like, ha, ha. Okay, now, he, now he, this one has an animal, too. So uh, a duck walks into a bar, asks the bartender if he has any peanuts, and, uh, the bartender says, we don't serve ducks. Get out of here. So the next day he comes back, and he goes, do you have any peanuts? The bartender says, we don't serve ducks. Get out of here. 
next day he walks in, he goes, do you have any peanuts? And he goes, if you come back here, I'm going to nail you to the wall. Next day, the duck walks in and he goes, do you have any nails? The bartender looks at him and he goes, no, we're a bar. We don't have nails. <laughs> Next day, he walks in and he goes, do you have any peanuts? <laughs> I'm proud of myself. I got both of them this week. See? You're doing good. Actually, know, right now, we're watching, a guy, we're watching a guy parallel park in a Kia, and he didn't hit us. Wow. Probably I was about to ask, there. how many times Whoa. did he hit the cars in front of behind him? No, that was a nice, nice parking. Uh, seems like a, a nice young man. Uh, he's got a down jacket. Is that Columbia? Is that so? He's got his beanie on, even though it's sixty-two degrees. Are he's we really doing this right now? And a satchel. I'm just saying, in case <laughs> in case we get carjacked, you have a description. <laughs> you know where's the worst place, the worst city I've ever been to for parallel parking or for having your car hit when somebody's parallel parking? Guess. No. People don't parallel park in Atlanta. Um, D.C. D.C.'s terrible. Yeah, I could see that. Terrible. Like, literally just, you know, your bumpers are gone. Like, back right into you, pull forward right into the car in front of them. It's terrible. Um, so you'll be in New York until when? Uh, actually, I leave Saturday because I'm hosting a UFC fight night at my house on Saturday night. How does Samara feel about that? Is she excited? Well, what's funny is, is I probably just got in trouble because I said at my house because it is now our house. And this is the first co-ed one where she's inviting a lot of I heard Steve friends. laughing. Did you tell him it was okay for him to laugh? No. I didn't even look at him. He <laughs> laughed without my permission. <laughs> Uh-huh. So, yeah, this is our first co-ed UFC fight party, and uh, I think she's excited. I think uh, a bunch of her girlfriends have never been to the uh, the house, so. Mm-hmm. So let me guess. We'll see how it goes. She is cleaning the house and getting everything ready, and then on Saturday she's going to spend all day probably making yummy treats for you and your friends, and then you're going to show up and enjoy the party. Is that how that goes? Well, well, Big Matt uh, from Brower Designs, who lives in uh-huh. Spearfish, a lot of times it'll be my house or his house. He can't do it at his house, so he's merging, and he'll come. And he said, if you have the fight party, I will bring the yummy treats. And I don't know if he's he said yummy treats like you do, but he's bringing the food. So I'm providing the alcohol. And of course. I did my best to clean, to clean as much as I could, but... She's having a girls-only bake-and-drink-wine party Friday night. Ooh, that sounds like She's going to be cleaning tomorrow, so it's ready for the girls. Gotcha. Well, that's good. That'll be fun. We did a fight night at our house one night, um, probably last spring. Maybe it was like February, March. But we did it outside. So we have the TV out on the lanai, and... We had tables all – we had, like, a, a line of chairs, so everybody's sitting kind of next to each other. And then we had tables lined up, so everybody has a table in front of them. And the TVs are in front of you. So it was kind of cool. And we're all out by the pool outside watching the fight. It's different. You, know, you guys for, can't do that in South Dakota. The, I don't know. You know, it's been – it was – when I left yesterday, it was uh, 67. That's crazy. 
All the snow had melted. Oh. Uh, yeah. All the bikes Speaking were of out. temperatures, I have to make an official announcement because I hate it. I hate whenever I say something incorrectly because I have this fear that people think that I'm lying and I I don't lie. So, uh, or I try not to lie, but I said that it was 94 degrees the day of the race on Thanksgiving and it was 84 degrees. My mind was probably playing tricks on me. So whenever I was saying, I meant to say 84 degrees, but it felt like 94, so I said 94. I had to get that off my chest. It was not really well, 94 I mean, degrees, like I said. You had said 69 that you thought it was going to be. Then a week later you said it was uh, 94, so that was a big swing. Yeah, it was only 84. It was hot. That's oh, yeah. The beeping you heard was Steve McKay. We're going mobile in the uh, command unit trying to find the perfect bar to have the rest of the show. All right. You'll have to let us know where you end up. Maybe take a picture on your way in. So, uh, so you know how we were gracious enough to invite uh, Jeff on the show tonight from uh, NAMS and Badlands? Yeah, we're doing, we're doing him a huge favor. We, we are, I think. But so – I said, I would get in trouble by Courtney if I didn't invite you on a future show. We talked about it. We want you one week, and we'll do your dad the next week. And Jeff goes, well, how about you just interview me on the radio show tonight? And I said, well, you know, trying to be polite to our, our guests who we're doing a big favor to. Who Wait, Jeff said or that, or Corey said that? Well, Jeff said that to Corey, and I said, I go, well, that never turns out as good as you think it will. And, right. Uh, so I'm not saying he's now in the car sitting in the back seat, but uh, and we're not ready for him yet. But can you <laughs> believe the nerve of that? Uh, our guest tried to then bring another guest on when we still don't know where we're going to be calling in from. Oh, I. you know, we, we're such a high-profile show. Why would Jeff want to give up any of that spotlight? I bet Exactly. We, we can make or break his company. Is how I look. Ungrateful. It's ungrateful is what it is. We're literally driving down this tree line looking for the quietest bar we can find. Why do I have the feeling you're going to find, like, this super loud place and you're going to walk in and I'm not even going to be able to hear you? That's what I feel like is going to happen. I'm going to find a quiet bar. You're going to hear the whole thing. We'll sit very far apart so we don't have a repeat of the TOL show from hell. I, uh, yeah, from yeah. hell, but our highest rated show still. It's you don't think Jeff from Namsey? Is it Nams or Namsey? I can't remember how it's pronounced. Uh, you don't think he'll break the records? I say Nams, so hopefully I'm saying that right. Jeff may break the record. You never know. He's got a long ways to come, though. TOL has over 40,000 listeners at this point. Wow. Yeah, that's you know really what? crazy. What if they only ha- really have 5,000 listeners, but they each listened eight times because they couldn't hear it? That's a really good point, actually. Uh, you that know, might Jeff be missed it. The fact, Jeff missed the fact that you got both of my jokes. You you jumped on the, the seal in the club. That was That was good. <laughs> I was waiting on you to say something else. It did take me a minute. But that was a good one. 
How is the so, noise in our mobile com- command unit? Is it coming through okay? You you sound fine. I'm just loving the okay. fact that we actually have a mobile command unit. Yeah. Well, we're in the Bronx. you got to be. Brooklyn. Yeah. Is there a difference? What? Yeah. Where's the Bronx then? All the way that way. Is the mobile yeah, command yeah. unit bulletproof? No. No. Okay. We may need to look into that. Um, so tell me, or not tell me, but tell some of the listeners, Dave, what they can expect to see if they go to an IMS show. So we've talked about the fact that IMS shows are an indoor circuit of shows that go around during the winter. Um, we've talked a little bit about some of the events that go on, but can you tell us about some of the vendors that people may see? Because maybe some of our listeners will want to go to some of the shows later in the season. Well, I think, to me, the IMS shows mean more to the people that are in a cold weather climate. You know, they've they've done it in L.A. for years. They actually do it in Long Beach. And it's one of their worst shows because it's a year-round riding season. But you uh-huh. come to New York where people this time of year are normally, there's snow on the ground, it's cold. All they want to do is ride, but they can't. So they want to talk about bikes. They want to be around people who, who ride. And what IMS does great is they have all the OEs there, and they have every new model there. So we're spoiled. We go to Sturgis, and we see the new Indians, and we see the new victories. Every show we go to, we see the new bikes. But this is one place where a guy can go, and if he doesn't know if he wants a victory, he can sit on the new victories. He can sit on the Harleys. And they have the best of the best. They have the knowledgeable staff that spends as much time. If you want to talk to this guy for a half hour, he is there just to talk to you. So it's a great place to do one-stop shopping and see all the new models. And they also have, since, you know, like Allstate and and Progressive sponsors the thing, but it's the bigger companies, the Bell Helmets, the oil companies, the guys that can afford to do what it takes to go to all these big shows, and they're picking kind of the hotbeds, like Southern California, Northern California, uh, Arizona, obviously New York. So they're Chicago. They're going to the big places. I agree with you. A lot of a lot of companies put a lot of money into stuff like that. I don't think people realize how much money goes into it. In fact, I was just talking earlier with John Connor. We mentioned him last week during the show. Um, I was talking to him Wait, earlier today. Pe- Hold on, Courtney. For people that, uh-huh. for people that don't listen every week, this is not. John Connor from Terminator. This is John Connor from Raw Edge Paint Company. The Mobile Correct? Command Center has sound effects? Yeah. This I'll, I'll do my one and only Terminator. You ready for this? Go for it. Uzi 9mm automatic with the laser sighting. <laughs> that, was, that was from Terminator 1, by the way. Thank you for John clarification. That was uh, Jeff from, from Namsey, who's not in the car doing his uh, Terminator. <laughs> so you were Listen, talking to John Connor from, from Raw Edge Paint. Yes, but hold on. I have to say this real quick, because the entire time you were talking, before I started talking, all I could think about is you having a driver, like in a Rolls Royce or something, and you sitting in the back with your feet up with one of those old-school 80s cell phones to your ear doing this radio show. I don't know why that's my picture in my head, but that's what I'm picturing. You're riding around New York City, being chauffeured around in a mobile command unit, doing wide open radio. Have this, 
add this visual. Okay. Ready? I'm not mm-hmm. wearing pants. Oh, God. <sighs> you know. I'm no longer using my bag phone. <laughs> that was that was that was our guest again. It was kind of weird having the guest sitting behind you. A little bit. Speaking of pants. But at least I have pants on you. <laughs> Speaking of pants, I hopefully am going to be sending something if I don't come to Sensi, which it's kind of looking like I may. Um, if I'm not there, I'm going to send something for you via Corey in the form of yeah, pants, maybe. Is it uh, the skinny jeans that you're? Uh, well, how, how do you? Is he your boyfriend? Your how do you describe him, by the way? I, what do you mean? How do I describe him? Yeah, is he your boyfriend? You guys yeah. been together a long time. What term? I know he's your boo. <laughs> he's yeah, he's my boyfriend. Your We're not boyfriend married. Who will not let you put your Urban Bagger plaque on the shop wall. Is that correct? That is correct. I got my plaque in this week, and I was proud of it. Thank you very much. And it's beautiful, and it's still wrapped in the plastic because I don't want to scratch it. And the first thing that comes out of Corey's mouth, he bought it for me, by the way, which was really sweet. But the first thing that came out of his mouth is, don't think you're hanging it on the wall in my shop. So I said, okay. So I didn't hang it on the wall. I set it in the windowsill right next to me. Not our shop, my shop. No. <laughs> you heard yep. me earlier describe my my home as our home, didn't you? I know, I know. But see, you bought a you bought a diamond ring, and I got a hose clamp. So there's a little bit of a difference. Um, I know it's not much of a difference, but it's it's a little different. Was yours? Was it uh, stainless? Was it uh, chrome? I mean, that could was that. Polished? Um, I guess it's polished. I don't know. Believe it or not, I don't have it on right now. I'm not wearing it at the moment. Huh. Well, I, I yeah. tried to defend him, but he wouldn't even go for the chrome or the powder yeah. coated or anodized. Uh, yeah. Wow. No. Yeah. But, you know, if, if yeah. this one doesn't work out between you and Corey, next time don't find a guy who wears skinny jeans. That's my only <laughs> advice. Thanks. Noted. I'll keep that in mind. Just that out there. Thanks. Growing that out there. Life advice from Dave Withrow. Thank you. Um, So, John Connor, not from Terminator, from Raw Edge. I'm speaking with him earlier, and he's telling me about this huge plan that they have uh, with this new business, um, which he's been successful in business well before this, but this is just like a new venture. So he was telling me a little bit about it today and telling me about all this money he's putting into this rig. Have you heard about this rig that he's doing? The semi with the 53-foot trailer? Yeah. I can't wait to see it. They're putting a lot into this thing, and they're bringing it. Probably the first place I'll see it is Daytona. Um, but it sounds like they're going to have a really big presence in Daytona, and they'll be there for Baddest Bagger. So I think it's really cool. Um, just another example of how much money people put into having a presence at shows and things like that. I mean, he blew my mind earlier with some of the stuff that he said he's doing right out the gate too, as a new business. Well, well, you know his 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 plan. I think you're underselling it. It's worldwide domination is what he's after. It's an evil plan. Well, that's evil plan. 
Is that not our plan? Yeah. Well, of course, but, but we've never told people that. Uh, and they hired Brian Miller, who used yes. to be with Len at Kicker, and Brian mm-hmm. is now a partner in the company. And uh, I know Brian and his lovely wife, Kat, uh, very well. And they have a son. I believe his name is Wyatt. And at the Baddest Bagger in Vegas, I did a an industry party at the house, and they send their son to the house, and guess who they send him with? Who? Doug Magoon. So their uh, how old's their kid? Son, Over twenty one, I hope. How old? Oh no, God. sixteen. Had they met so Doug? Had they the met house. Doug before? Yeah. Yeah, so they send him to the house with Doug. I think it would be Doug DD, by the way. That would Doug make sense. Was shining like he loves to. And then they got hung up. They couldn't make it. So this very nice 16-year-old kid who was very polite babysat Doug Magoon all night and then drove him <laughs> back to the strip. So whereas they may be good... The motorcycle industry, they're not role models as parents, is what I'm saying. That's my only, that's the whole moral of the story is that. Let me guess, the the whole kicker to this story is that Wyatt is now on Doug Magoon's payroll as a full-time babysitter? He is now his uh, surrogate father for young Wyatt. <laughs> oh, my God. That sounds dangerous. Hey, what, All what right. If, what if the kicker to the story is Oh, Dave, I have a feeling you're probably walking into wherever you're going, and I totally lost you. I thought that was going to be really good, too, whenever you came up with a kicker for the story. I don't know if you're still there or not. Okay, so, Dave, if you're still on the line, just start talking so I can hear you. Um, Guys, while they're finding a place to do the rest of the show, um, we're going to have Jeff Zielinski come on in just a few minutes once they find their spot. And you guys know Jeff is the owner of NAMS. They supply all of us, basically, with all of the parts that we need for wiring custom motorcycles, which is really cool. Um, If you own a custom motorcycle, you've probably ordered parts from them before. I think Dave's back with us now. Yeah, where where did I lose you? What was the last thing? You were about to tell me your version of the kicker at the end of this story. Well, I said, what if, what if the kicker is really that I keep calling him Wyatt and his name's Bob? Yeah, that would be pretty bad, but he's probably not listening. He's 16, so we're okay. But bad. you know what? Doug Magoon does listen, so Wyatt may be there with him, or Bob, whatever. Hey, I give Doug props to have a DD because he needed one that night. I, that is true. That is true. Um, I haven't spoken to Doug in a while. I'd be curious to find out what he has going on. Remember the um, the whole plan he had going on with the wheels? The, well, I guess his, plan, his entire his game plan, plan is world, wheels. That was, but. that was his plan for world domination. Okay. All right. His plan for, for MAD or for Raw Edge? No. For, no this was, he also had a plan, Doug, for for uh, Matt Wheels for world domination. So hopefully yes. that plan came to fruition. Yeah, that yes, that's what I'm saying. I I would be 
curious to find out if he's closed that deal yet or not because I think it's going to be huge. I don't know what you think, but it seemed like he was on to something for sure. I should find out so I can update our listeners. Wow. I thought, was that coming from you or from us? I came from the mobile command unit. Was that an alarm? Somebody got Uh, too close? They almost touched the car? Somebody. Someone jaywalked in front of my truck. We got worried that somebody was going to hurt the talent. I I can meet. All right. That's not good. We have Secret Service now, apparently. So, did you guys find a place? No, not yet. (laughs) Okay. What part of the city are you in now? We are five minutes from the Barclays Center in downtown Brooklyn. Okay. All right. I don't Brooklyn, know my Brooklyn, Brooklyn geography that well. What? That is the new arena where the Brooklyn Nets play. Okay. That's you could be totally making that up, NBA. and I would have no idea. No, that's NBA, and the Nets are owned by a Russian uh, billionaire who built the center and owns the team. Where? What else does he do? Where does he get his money? Well, he's Russian, right? So he stole it. And, uh, right, okay. He, he, since he's Russian, he's evil. So, right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're actually we're we're passing the Barclays Center right now. Okay. At least I know where you are. I know the description of the person who was last seen closest to the car. So we're good. So after let's talk about this real quick. After you leave New York for IMS, um, yeah. we're getting close to Christmas. So do you have anything else to do travel wise, or are you going to be going back home to enjoy the holidays with your new family? Uh-huh. I will uh, spend Christmas with the uh, the family, and then I fly out New Year's Eve to Vegas to spend New Year's there. And I may or may not be with the guys from Raw Edge for New Year's. I'll definitely be with the uh, TOL guys. Of course. And I think I come home to Spearfish on a Monday and then fly out your way on a Thursday. I'm so excited. You know... I told Corey the other day that you were coming in town and that you were going to stay with us, and he acted like he had no idea. But I also acted that way whenever you told me because I didn't know either. But we're excited about it. And you get to meet Biscuit. Did we already talk about that? I, well, Steve the King told me you guys were having Biscuit for uh, Christmas dinner. Ah, so bad. So bad. Christmas ham. I mean, no, I'll, I'll no, no, no. Do it if you don't. Hey, Biscuit walks into a club. (laughs) That's so bad. (laughs) For people who who haven't listened, Biscuit is your pig. Yes, Biscuit is my pet pig. Biscuit would not make much of a meal, though, okay? So he's only 13 pounds. So that's everything, not just the part of the ham you usually buy. So he's not very big. But he will want to sit with you. He will want to snuggle with you. So prepare yourself. Well, what's funny is uh, Corey Ness, I know he was teasing me, but he goes, uh, can I get a picture of Roxy? Just Roxy, not you and Roxy. So he had a bunch of uh, Roxy questions. So I sent him the picture, and he sends back, thanks, Dave. That means a lot to me. With... uh, an emoji with the eyes as hearts. So, uh, 
Yeah, he's a big Roxy fan. I see, I see. I posted the picture of you and Roxy last week. Dave, I found another picture this week. i got to go back and look for it because I remember saving a picture and thinking, oh, I can't wait to share this with everybody. But now I don't remember what it was, so I'm going to have to go back and look. Um, I have a picture of you the riding the Thunder Chicken. I Do you remember that? Picture of, yes, but I thought the picture you had found and lost and found again was the picture of you and your chihuahua with the eyebrows. Well, I have the picture of Lexi with the eyebrows, but I can't find the picture of you holding Lexi. You held her all night that night at our house. I know. So you definitely love that a little dog. Well, and that was also the night you made the greatest dessert ever, the Hershey's Kisses on top of the mini pretzel, which I could eat about 45 of them right now. Uh, were they the uh, the peppermint kisses? Yes. Yeah. Aren't those so good? That's why it wasn't until then that I understood why Corey was with you. Oh, that's why. Okay. All right. It's all because of food. Somebody just told me earlier today, oh, she's a good one. You should keep her because I went to Publix and got a sub. So it's basically all about food for you guys, huh? Yeah. Yeah, among gotcha. things, there's like, there's like three things, so that's one of them. Okay. I'm not going to ask what the other two are, but sure, I could figure them out. Um, so what's your ETA now? We're going deeper. We're not going to find a place unless I want to pull over. I, I don't know because uh, Steve Piquet is, is it's his mobile command unit. Uh, you got to have. Why do I get the feeling we're going to do the entire show from the car? Hey, Jerry Seinfeld does it. Comedians in cars, and he got an Emmy. So maybe we can get a, the equivalent of a, a radio Emmy. I love that show. Do you watch it? I do, I do. He's got some, he had Howard Shaw, of course. I love that show. You, you know they they called um, somebody from their offices called me looking for classic cars whenever I used to deal with classic cars, and I we were going to send a Mach One out to wherever the place is in California. And the guy tells me he's like, "Oh, these are Jerry Seinfeld's personal airport hangers at this airport in Southern California." And he specifically wanted a Mach 1 for this episode. We ended up not doing the deal, but I was pretty excited about it, and I kept hinting in every way possible, like, do you need me to come with the car? Do you need me to come make sure that everything's okay with it? Because I would love to meet Jerry Seinfeld, but clearly that didn't work out. Mach 1, one of my favorite all-time cars. Yeah? Um, That was was a great place as far as where you work, as far as seeing a variety of cars. I remember that oh, yeah, was, you came uh, there. me and Jeff came there. Jeff ended up uh, knowing the guy, your boss, from Philly. Yeah, yeah. And I was impressed with, I didn't realize that Jeff was so into classic cars, so I learned that there. Yeah, I forgot you guys came down. That was two years ago. Don't you remember that uh, Jeff made the comment of, hey, you got all these great cars, you've got you know, $10 million in inventory, I've seen you know, 50 cars that I'd like to buy, and he's like, well, what's with this stupid Volkswagen Baja bug? This just doesn't fit in. And I thought your your guy was going to start crying. He's like, the first car I ever owned, I'll never sell it. It's, uh, we're like, way to go, Jeff. Yeah, let's get us thrown out of this place. 
Yeah, but, well, uh, do you also remember the fact that one of you two, I can't remember if it was you or Jeff, said, oh, wow, you must be really glad to have Courtney on board. And I think at the time I had just sold, like, three cars in one day. And I was super excited because it's I'm not a salesperson, so it was it's just not for me. But I had done really well, and I was proud of myself. And you said to the owner of the company, oh, you, you're – really you should be really glad to have Courtney on board and he said oh why is that and one of you guys said oh she just said that she sold she told us that she sold three cars in one day and my boss being the person that he was turned around to me and said yeah that's nothing that was yesterday what have you done for me today so I probably was the one that cried yeah Jeff would be the one to make you cry not me uh, no, Jeff didn't say it. Know. My The guy who owned the company said that about me. Yeah, but I would have known not to say that. I think that was Jeff who started the whole conversation. Oh, saying that he should be glad to have me? Thanks. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and right thanks. now we're riding, we're driving next to the train, if you heard that, that noise. That was the <laughs> subway. subway train. It's, it's all the same. We're, of course we're in a I hear really that. bad neighborhood. Really well, I found the right picture now. of my dog with eyebrows. I'm going to I'm going to get that up so people can see it. But so what is going to be going on um motorcycle-wise? You said that you're going to Vegas and then the next motorcycle thing you're doing then is coming here to Sarasota for Thunder by the Bay? Correct. Which I'm looking okay. forward to. It's been How many years has it been? And actually when I went the last time, uh Jeff was with me, remember? Yeah, that's what I was just it was two years ago. That was whenever you guys came down to the car place. Yeah, yeah. So he this time he won't be with me because you know, he's engaged, he's in love, he can't come out and hang like he used to. Uh oh. It's happening to all of you guys. You're next, Courtney. Maybe you'll get uh, the chrome ring. <laughs> Maybe I'll upgrade to a chrome hose clamp. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, I'll have to. I'm curious to ask Jeff whenever he actually gets on the phone, not just in the car, if he also proposed with a hose clamp. I kind of know the I, answer, I've but met, I've met the future Mrs. Uh, Zelensky, and I'm going to say no. <laughs> Wouldn't accept that. No, no. <laughs> and I think he he would never even try that. Yeah. Most most guys wouldn't. Most intelligent guys wouldn't. To try that. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Mhm. Yep. What color so, skinny What color skinny jeans was he wearing when he proposed? I don't remember. I was so overwhelmed with with very opposite emotions that I didn't even pay attention to his pants. I have no idea. If I had to guess, well, I would say gray. That's usually the color he wears here to the shop. Since uh, since we're still waiting on Steve McKay to find us a safe neighborhood, uh, mm-hmm. we might as well do the intro for for my buddy Jeff, and I'll have him lean over my shoulder and speak loudly into the microphone, and we'll do it uh, we'll do it in the car until we find something. How's that work? Let's try it. That'll work. Okay, we'll get away from the uh, subway noise. But uh, so Jeff, I've known for many years. Uh, Jeff comes and stays with me for the rally and for 
he's always supported our charity ride that we do in July. Uh, Jeff and I, I think, have ridden together five times to Sturgis from different places like uh, L.A., uh, Reno, uh, Portland, Maine, uh, Tampa, Florida. Nice. Uh, Jeff, you know how we, when you do hot seats, you ask uh, guys a lot of times, what would you, what advice would you give to somebody starting out in the business? And you've never asked me, but what I would tell somebody is find your niche within the niche. And because if if a hundred guys are making saddlebags, why do you want to be the hundred and first guy? Right. And Jeff used to. Jeff used to be an owner of a shop. Uh, Jeff is one of those guys you hate because he's good at. The only thing he's not good at is athletics, and he he may lie to you, but he's not good at, at sports. So I could beat him on that, but he can he can build a bike as nice as anybody. He's just one of those guys that if you need a plumbing at your house, you need wiring at your house, he can build a house. Whatever career he chose, he would be good at, and it's infuriating because you know you get jealous of people like that. But what he did was he went in and he picked an area, he picked the niche within the niche because he used to build custom bikes, and he picked wiring. And if you think about wiring, it's one of those deals where how many people do you know in this world that are good at wiring something? Okay, that's a tricky question because there's not many people who are good at it, and there's even fewer people who enjoy it. Yeah, and it's it's a different side of the brain. It's like when you see somebody who airbrushes something and you go, Jesus, I wish I could do that. And if you think back to the chopper era, how simple things were, and what did guys do? They soldered this and they put some electrical tape and that was it. What Jeff has tried to do is come in and bring sophistication to it and make it so a custom bike is just like a production bike by having the right connectors and getting rid of all that solder and all the cheap stuff that people did for 30 years. So he did that with NAMS. He found his niche within the niche, and it's become a huge business. And then he went out there and he bought Badlands, and he's kind of taken them and and taken them in a whole new direction. And he's got a lot of stuff he private labels that you'll never know, but some of the leading companies out there are using his expertise, and he's manufacturing for them. So to me, he's taken an area of custom bike building that we're all scared of. I mean, I've never been to one shop where a guy brags about his wiring, and if he does, watch out because it's probably horrible. So that is my (laughs) good friend Jeff Zielinski, and without further ado, he will now speak from the back seat. I uh, I refuse to speak from the back seat um, because this is. Are you going to sit on Dave's lap? I I was earlier, and it was a little uncomfortable, so I chose to sit in the back. (laughs) Okay. But uh, thank thank you very very much for for the introduction, Dave. I appreciate that. I'm excited to have you on because it's a little outside of the norm for us uh, to have somebody on who can talk about technical stuff like wiring. Um, a lot of people that we have on can talk about technical things, but that's not really where the conversation goes. But before we get into that kind of stuff, Jeff, I would like it if you could tell listeners um, how you got into the motorcycle industry to start and then what led you to NAMS and then to Badlands. And explain to everybody what those two companies do. Well, uh, I'll start off by saying hopefully you can hear me. Uh, again, I am in the back seat of our mobile command unit, which is uh, strategically driving through the streets of Brooklyn. And uh, what I can say is 
the idea of being in the motorcycle industry was just a dream. And it started off by owning my first Harley Davidson, which technically was when I was in high school. Um, and I bought my first new Harley Davidson in 1996. And I found a way to make the wiring look better. It was it was obtrusive. It was ugly. It was out and outside of the motorcycle. And I said, if it's going to be visible, which obviously it has to be, I want to make it look better. So I came up with an idea to make it perfectly round and braid it with a stainless steel braiding and a clear heat shrink tubing over top so it protected the finish as well as the rest of the motorcycle. And I ran with it. It was it was a side job, it was a hobby, whatever you want to call it. But I entered some local shows, and I would win first, of, you know, first in my class. You know, I didn't have a crazy paint job, I didn't have all the money, but I had the desire to say I want to take my bike to the next level and pay attention to the details. So I did, and uh, there was a there was a person that came up to me at the local show in in um, Hatfield, Pennsylvania, and he said. You should start a company doing that. So I did, and my first uh, my first opportunity to to really enter the motorcycle world, I, I thank a very good friend uh, of all of us is, is Corey Ness. I emailed Corey and told him our parts look good and they belong in his catalog. And sure enough, uh, 1999, our parts were in the Ness Arlen S catalog. So that's how it all got started. But it was a dream, and it was something that I always looked forward to doing. Uh, I never thought it would turn into what it is today. It's completely different. Nice. Now, you you sell to pretty much every builder out there. So I was trying to say before, whenever I lost you guys, that if people listening own a custom motorcycle, they've probably had their hands on your products. So you guys do a really good job kind of cornering that part of the market. You have a really high-quality product that people appreciate. Um have have your products evolved over time? Have you learned a lot since being in business for, it's been 15, how long have you been in business now? 16 years, 19, 17 years? Uh, 1998 we started the idea, and then, uh, well, I, I started the idea, and then 99 I, I incorporated. So, yeah, okay. going on uh, 15 years. So what, how is the, how have the products evolved over that period of time what are, have there ever been products where you've seen a way to improve them and you've done that well that's a good question like i said the, the, the business is a cyclical thing as well as something that's evolving all the time um it keeps changing and when i first started i had eight part numbers i literally had eight part numbers and my first house uh that i lived in at the time I, I literally built those eight part numbers and packaged them in my house. And it was a part-time thing. Uh, well, right now we have over 750 part numbers. Wow. Um, and it's it evolved into owning machinery to make wiring harnesses, owning machinery to dispense and disperse potting material, uh, circuit board testing, um, harness testing. I mean, you name it, we have so much machinery that I learned about on the fly. So it was one of those things where it continues to evolve because we learn about it and we realize how can we implement this into our field. Um, there's so many people in the motorcycle industry that don't quite understand um, the complexity of wiring and electronics, but at the same time, they make it seem a lot harder than it really is. 
So my job is to make it simple. And um, a great example, not not to go off on a tangent, but a great example was when uh, Tim Remus, a friend of mine, and, and a, a lot of the listeners asked me to write a book um, in two, 2007. So I wrote a book about wiring, and, and I really took the guesswork out of it. And we got so many emails from people that bought the book and said, hey, this is the greatest thing. I'm not afraid of it anymore. You know, it's not that hard. It's, it's really to under, easy to understand. So it told me, hey, the easier I can make a product sellable, and what I mean sellable is I give you the OEM part number. I give you the color of the wiring. I tell you how to hook it up. I give you a color-coded instructions. You're going to buy it because not only is it going to come with every part you need to do the job, but it's going to tell you almost how to do it with almost doing the job for you. And that's what people I, need. People want to yeah. do it themselves. They want to be independent. Very cool. I, what you're saying is exactly right. You always hear people say that if there was just a way to make it easier, less time-consuming, and it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing. Um, we have a question that was submitted from somebody on Facebook. Michael Guest asked, what if you what let's see he said is there a product that you carry that you sell a lot of that we may not know about i think he's saying like is there something that is popular that everybody needs to know about uh it, it's so tough courtney it's, it's a good question um it, it's a really difficult thing to answer because we we cross so many bridges in what we do um mm-hmm. Maybe it's best that I tell you a little bit of background. We we focus on um, automotive-style fuel and oil line hoses, but obviously made for the motorcycle industry. We do color-coded clamps. We do wiring harnesses. We do connectors, lighting modules, as Dave said, with Badlands. Uh, Mm -hmm. They've been around since 1990. Um, We make CAN bus controllers for new styles of electronics. Uh, Harley-Davidson went CAN bus in 2011, Uh, basically a whole different style of electronics. Um, There's so many different styles of parts that we do, but I could say maybe to answer Michael's question, the the most popular part we've ever made was a handlebar switch extension kit that we started back in 2006. We sold over a million sets uh, since 2006. And not only have we sold that many, but we also private label our handlebar switch extension for several large, large companies in the motorcycle industry all over the world. Well, and, wow. and Courtney, Jeff didn't, uh-huh. Jeff didn't uh, touch on this, but what have we talked about almost every show? He's doing Victory now, and he's doing India. So that's that's what's new and exciting, I think, that he's expanded his American line. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's really cool, and we talk about it every single show. They're becoming more and more present every time we talk, I think. So it would be kind of silly if Jeff didn't try to branch out into that because it's definitely – there's a need out there for sure. Not, not only do we do the new American line, like David said, you know, of, of victory in Indian, but we also do some metric stuff out there as well. I mean, we sell – all the most popular metric connectors through uh, our, our only distributor right now, I believe, for the metric stuff is Parts Unlimited. And, you know, we, we've made handlebar extensions for Suzuki's and Yamaha's and Kawasaki's and Honda's. We've also done stuff for, for some Ducati folks. Um, 
Fast by Farachi is, is close to me in, outside of Philadelphia. We've made complete bike harnesses for him, for his race bikes. Uh, wow. We've done stuff for Triumph. Um, we we make Badlands module, lighting modules, to give you run, brake, and turn signal functionality on the, the rear of your Victory or Indian uh, for both Victory and Indian. So we're we're not afraid of, of expanding the business in any direction, and that's something I teach all, all of my management team. Listen, if there's an idea, a customer brings it to you, don't be afraid. Let's talk about it in our manager's meeting. We're, we're willing to do whatever it takes to continue to grow because our, our, our objective is not only do we want to be the only company of our kind, but we want to be the best. And to be the best, you've got to stay on the gas. And if there's anything that I can tell anybody that wants to be in this industry or that's in this industry, never, ever take your foot off the gas because that's when somebody's going to pass you. And right. luckily and fortunately, we don't really have any competition for what we do. We're very unique, and we do have a, a very unique niche. So we try to capitalize that and continue to stay on the gas. That's good advice. That's very good advice. Um, Bill Odom sent a question on Facebook. He wants to know what the name of the book is that you were talking about, and he wants to know if it's still available. Um, you know what? Honestly, I don't I don't remember the name. It escapes me right now. Uh, I think it's The Art of uh, Motorcycle Wiring, if I'm not mistaken. It's on our website. It is still available. Um, we just paid to have it reprinted because it went out of print. Uh, it does have an ISBN number, and I think we list that on the website as well. Uh, okay. I know there's some available on the Internet, um, whether they're new or used, but the pricing is crazy. I mean, I, I literally I've seen one for over 600 bucks, and it was the most flattering thing to me, but I just I, I wouldn't pay 600 bucks. I wouldn't even pay, you know, 100 bucks for it. But I guess what I'm saying is it is out there, but we do have it on the website, and they can call us on Monday morning. We'll be open, and we can get them one. It's not a problem. Okay, very cool. I'll find that on your website, too, and I'll post a link on our site so people can find it there, too. Um, Great. So tell me, what what else do you guys have going on? You obviously are super busy with the parts and stuff. Do you guys do you guys build any bikes yourself? We do. Right now we're driving through Brooklyn, and it's a great ride. I think Dave would agree. It's, it's, been, a, uh, it's been a wonderful ride, and we have a wonderful chauffeur. chauffeur. So, we're very fortunate to have a, a wonderful scenic tour through Brooklyn. But honestly, the uh, right now we're in catalog season and we're producing our new catalog. Uh, many, many more pages, much larger, robust, more color, pictures. Uh, so we're working on that. We updated the website. We have a large, large private label program that we're working on for one of our largest customers where we're building um, a, a specific part for them. So uh, right now it's pretty much R&D on new stuff for Victory Indian. Right now we have a new Victory handlebar control uh, kit, which will allow you to use performance machine, the standard stuff that you would put on a Harley, the three-button controls. And we make a bracket that allows you to use the factory Victory switch pods. We give you a new throttle, idle, and clutch cable. Uh, we give you the switches to put on either side of your radio, all the wiring that you need to get rid of the factory clunky, obtrusive-style handlebar control that comes on a Victory. Uh, we're working on the new Indian module to give you run-break turn on your rear turn signal. Um, 
We're working on a lot of new Harley parts. We're doing a lot of uh, pigtails now, uh, kind of like the automobile industry, where if mm-hmm. you were to go to like a, um, I'm trying to think of some of the names. I mean, on the East Coast, there's Pep Boys, there's Advanced Auto Parts, O'Reilly. They sell a pigtail. Basically, it's a connector with a, a, a grouping of wire, whether it be 12 or 15 inches long. Uh, we're doing the same thing for the auto, or for the motorcycle industry as the automobile industry does. So you can go to a shop and buy our connector with the wiring already on it. So if your if your part breaks down, you simply cut it off. You take the bad connector. You buy the pigtail. You can use a, a basic crimp tool or a soldering uh, iron and some heat shrink or some tape and, and a wire nut just to get you home. At least it's already done for you. So we're, we're we got a recommendation from a customer in Minneapolis that said, hey, why don't you make a pigtail? So we did. It's a new part. It's available through uh, Drag Specialties. And uh, pretty much as, as far as any of our products, Drag Specialties is our largest distributor worldwide uh, in Europe as well as the United States. So. Okay. Very cool. Okay. Now, Dave, do you guys use a lot of NAMS products at uh, Black Hill yeah, Cycle? We've got uh, their builder's kit with all the Harley connectors, and we use their their wiring, and we also use their uh, their heat shrink shrink wrap. So, yeah, we use them exclusively and have for, and I want to say, six or seven years, and we're a big drag specialties dealers, so we get all of their stuff uh, direct from drag. Very cool. Um, so tell me, Jeff, if we have builders out there listening who are not currently set up with you, they can become a dealer with you, right? Absolutely. Okay. How do they do that? Do they just go to your website? They can go to our website, get our phone number, call us, email us, whatever it takes. We'll uh, we'll get you set up. We don't require a minimum buy. Uh, we do encourage you to go to our largest distributors um, and and you know work through them. Uh, it helps us as well because. We're really not set up to handle uh, onesie, twosie sales as much because we've always been distributed. Uh, since day one, the business was basically started as a distribution-style company because I did not have the money to advertise. So okay. when, you, when you start off in this industry, if you don't have the money to advertise, nobody knows who you are. And if nobody knows who you are, your phones aren't going to ring. And if your phones can't ring, you're not selling parts. So what we did was we went right to the distributors and said sell our parts for it. So their catalogs then became our advertisement. Our advertisement then made our phone ring and our fax machine ring with giant orders from the distributors. Granted, you're not making as much money, but you're moving product, and that's what it's all about. I'm not in the business to sell you know, a, a $3 connector because I can't afford to pay somebody you know, minimum wage even to answer the phone take your credit card information over the phone, package it, put it in the mail, and send it out, I'd rather sell 250 of those connectors at a lesser price to drag specialties or Chuck or Rocky or, you know, parts Europe or whatever the case may be because it makes it, it, makes it easier for us to do our job and right. it allows us to pay more attention to the details. So it, it, we do do plenty of retail, don't get me wrong, but our core business, I'd say core business is – 90% distribution, 10% uh, retail and deal direct. Okay. So builders, instead of contacting you directly, they should, if they're not already set up with Drag or Tucker or somebody like that, they should do that, and they'll be able to get their products, your products through them. 
Absolutely, and and I'll tell you, we're always in stock. Uh, we have a tremendous relationship with all the distributors. I, I can't say enough about drag specialties and how much they, they support us and what a great relationship we have with them. Our products are always in stock, and if they run out, that means somebody bought a lot, and mm-hmm. generally they call us right away, hey, we need 150 of these pronto. And we jump. I mean, we jump for them because they're, they're, they're all about making the commitment to sell our brand, so we're going to be in the commitment to support them and our brand, and that's what it's all about. So if you're if you're set up with Drag Specialties or any of the other distributors that we're distributed by, buy direct through them and support them. That's why they're there. If they don't have it or if you need something custom or modified, we'll do it for you. Just give us a call. It's never a problem. Okay. Now, Dave, I think you mentioned this, but, Jeff, is there if there's a new builder out there who's wanting to place an order through Drag for your products, is there, like, a starter kit that they can ask for? You know, that's a really good question. I, I would say it's really it's really left into interpretation. It really depends on what their core business is because most most of the things that we sell are for service-oriented. Um, we do have a lot of retail-oriented stuff, stuff you'd want to put on the shelf, especially the Badlands lighting modules and whatnot. But if you're a service shop, it, it, there's so many parts that we sell that are service. There, I mean, you could spend a lot of money because – we, you should have the basic connectors that Harley Davidson has been using. All, and our connector, just to give you an example, our connector line starts from 1971 and goes through present. We wow. have every single Harley connector that Harley has used from 1971 through present. And that's a lot of motorcycles. And that's yeah. a lot of service. So we have that. Then we have all the color-coded wire. So we have every wire that Harley has used pretty much back through the mid-70s, 80s, and we have rolls of those, 100-foot rolls of those. We have heat shrink tubing. We have uh, braiding. We have all the terminals that you need to, to install all the wiring into the connectors. We have it all. So it's really, there's so many parts. It's such a vast majority of, of anything electrical that you would ever need. It's hard to say what exactly you should get or a starter kit. You really need all of it. And if you're going to be a full-fledged shop, it's dependent upon, again, if you're working on shovelhead motors, then you want to focus more on the older stuff. If you're working on Evos and twin camps, then you focus more on the new stuff. But regardless, dependent upon what you're working on, it's really dependent upon what you want to stop, like any other part. Well, Jeff, I want to talk for just a minute about something that uh, Dave loves talking about. At what point did you enter the hamsters? How long have you been in? And tell us a little bit about your experience in the group. We've had several people from the hamsters on, so I always like to ask about that. Well, um, I was blessed to be asked uh, by some of the founding fathers of the uh, the motorcycle group, one being Dave Perowitz, who's a very good friend, and another being Donnie Smith, who's another very good friend. Uh, if I wanted to hang around, and I said absolutely. So uh, that was 2003. Um, I basically uh, was asked if I wanted to hang around. I said yes, and in 2004 I got in. That doesn't happen anymore. No. Um, I was definitely the exception to the rule. Uh, I got in in one year, but I also did business with these guys. So it's not like I'm a fly-by-night kind of guy. It's not like I was a guy that was outside of my reach 
and trying to get into a, an industry or market that I didn't know anything about, this is what I do. This is what I do for a living. So I have established the relationship, and it was easy, and it still feels just as easy as it did, you know, 12 years ago, 13 years ago. Um, I've met some of the greatest people in the world. I have some of the greatest friends in the world. Uh, I'm very fortunate to be driving in the car with some of my greatest friends. Uh, the guys in the industry are phenomenal. Uh, we were just hanging out at an event with some of the guys who are also in the hamsters. It, it's, a, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful organization, and I feel absolutely privileged to be a part of it. Um, you know, I, I can say that there's a lot of people that take it very personally. There's a lot of people that look at it from a business perspective. I'm very open-minded with it, and I treat everybody the same. I, I have very good relationships with, with a lot of the individuals, and for me, it's it's a brotherhood, and it's a privilege. We, we do a lot for charity. We do a lot for uh, children especially. We raise a lot of money, and that means the world to me. If anybody who really knows me is listening, uh, I know my, my daughter Ava is listening right now, who means the world to me. Uh, my fiancé is listening right now. Uh, and, and these guys in the car know I, we donate a lot. Business donates a lot of money to leukemia, to cancer, uh, to children's charities, and all that is is a wonderful thing to be a part of. And the hamsters are, are a huge, huge uh, proponent of that. So it means a lot, and uh, it's it's a great opportunity to have great friends. So that that's it my is, experience. I, I got is. in in 2004. Uh, I guess okay. Make it a little bit more understandable. So. So, no, very yep, cool. And one of the things that you said is very true, that it's a very tight brotherhood, you know, and it's hard to find that these days. Um, the the people in the group have really stuck together for a long time. It's impressive. Uh, Jeff was part of the ride to the 75th that raised $81,000 for children's charity. He also uh, was part of our charity ride for, I think, the eighth or ninth year consecutively that raised 21 or 22,000. So wow. yeah, he he uh, he puts his money where his mouth is and he definitely supports children's charities. But uh one thing I was going to say is one of the last bikes that I saw or shot the guy had uh, a Badlands module on it and one thing that Jeff always preaches is plug and play. Everything he does is plug and play, so it isn't the old school way. The guy goes he goes you know the guy from from Badlands, don't you? And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, this module doesn't work. And I said, plug and play. And he goes, no, no. He goes, I cut all the wires and soldered them together. And I, I looked at it and I said, well, that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to plug. And he goes, well, the plug was different. I bought the thing uh, on eBay and it said it was for my bike, but it didn't line up. So I just cut everything and, and spliced it together. Now it won't work. Oh, and I boy. Said, well, I, 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 I think you might have got a soft tail unit, uh, and you've got a, uh, a street glide, so you might have got the wrong thing. But it was just funny to see Jeff preaches against what we did wrong for all these years and to see a guy in 2015 still doing it the wrong way, even though he had what should have been the right piece of equipment. That's, I bet that happens a lot, though, unfortunately. Courtney, you have no idea. We we uh, I, I have uh, I have a great staff of employees back home in in, uh, in Fort Washington, Pennsylvania, and uh, my management team um, they they are so used to getting phone calls every day. I, I have a technical guy. His name is Tyler. He's been with me for eight years, 
and he knows every facet of our business. He is a technical guru, and he is on the phone all day long. And if he were if he were on the show right now, um, if he was probably he's probably out of town, but if he were in town, he would tell you some of the phone calls are unbelievable um, with people not realizing that there is plug and play, and that to me tells me that we're failing. Uh, we're not doing a good enough job advertising. We're not doing a good a, a good enough job marketing. Uh, or on our website to really help these individuals. Uh, but we still get phone calls, believe it or not, um, where guys are saying, I don't have the interweb. Uh, I don't have a fax line. And, you know, that's part of the problem. We take it for granted. You've got to remember, we're on the East Coast. I mean, Courtney, you're, you're in Florida, so you're on the East Coast. I'm, I'm outside of Philadelphia by about 15 miles. Dave, Dave's in the Midwest, but he grew up in California, so... We're, we're used to fast-paced environments, but some of these guys aren't, and they, they don't have the resources that we do. And we need, to, right. we need to remember that. We need to be cognizant of that and do a better job. So, you know, we need to spend more money advertising, and there's so many guys in the industry that don't advertise. And I'm not just saying that because Dave has magazines or you have a radio show or so-and-so has a blog. It's all about keeping the consistency and letting people know that you're out there because if they don't see you, they think you're not there. You may be there every day. You may have a a group of employees that show up every day, but if they don't know you're there, your phone's not ringing. And and it's not about the sale every time. It's about the customer that has questions. And it's important. And plug and play is a huge part of it. I've been preaching plug and play for 15 years. Why why do you want people cutting a brand-new Harley-Davidson wiring harness? You don't, so don't do it, you know, and, and, and there's there's industry people that are out there right now selling parts similar to ours, telling you it's okay to cut and solder uh, on CAN bus motorcycles, which is a very sensitive data transmission that operates on, on very low voltage, and if you cut that and it's not done right, you're interrupting that communication, and you could have major problems. There's people that are doing it with throttle-by-wire motorcycles, which were introduced in 2008. There's also stories on the Internet where a guy did it and did a bad job and lost control of his motorcycle because the throttle stuck. I'm not going to be that company. I'm not going to be that guy. That's why we do plug-and-play. That's why we test on an oscilloscope. That's why we put a lot of time and research and money um, evaluating what we do to make sure it's done right. And it's so important. Uh, so when we we talk about plug and play, I got to remind you it's plug and play for a reason. It's to make your job easier, to make the part installed quicker, and make sure it's guaranteed to fit and work. Everything we do is tested three times. Everything we do. That's that's okay. how much we care okay. about what we do. Well, you brought up a really good point, Jeff, and I want to touch on this just so the listeners will know. Are there places out there on eBay or online somewhere that are selling knockoffs of your products? Should people be concerned about that if they're not going directly to one of your distributors? Absolutely. That's a great question. Um, I just I just got a, a, a text message to, to uh, Mike, I think it was, who asked about the book, and it's called How to Advance Motorcycle Wiring, and the latest revision was done in 2013, uh, which I wrote okay. four new chapters. I had a lot of assistance with uh, Dave actually helped me as well. We talked about audio and, and baggers and whatnot. So uh, that's a good read as well. That's the version that we have. 
So that's, okay. again, that's Advanced Motorcycle Wiring 2013. Um, okay. I want to thank okay. my fiancé for sending me that text. But oh, that was the, nice. There, there, there are uh, knockoffs out there. there. There's somebody, and it's a funny story, and it would be even funnier if he's listening right now. But there's a customer that bought a whole bunch of stuff from me back in 2007. And he bought these things, and then lo and behold, he started an eBay store selling everything that I do. Everything that wow. Nam does, he does on eBay. And uh, he doesn't do it as good. He claims it's a family business. Um, and I'm not knocking him. God bless him. You know, I wish him nothing but the best. But he undercuts all of our pricing. He doesn't have uh, military spec machinery like we do. He doesn't have 18 employees like I do. Uh, he doesn't have the payroll that I do. He doesn't have the insurance, the liability. He's not distributed all over the world. He doesn't have the, any of that stuff hanging over his head. But he's out pushing an inferior product that's not tested and at a lower price. Anybody can be a copycat. If you want to be a copycat, no problem. Go out and, and, and do your best. That's not what we do. Uh, we're innovative, we're inventive, and if you find it on eBay and it doesn't have our logo on it, it's not ours. Um, okay. If somebody okay. tells you it's ours, a great example, if you buy a handlebar extension kit and the color wires don't match, it's not ours. Um, we spend I can, uh, over a quarter million dollars a year in wire um, to make sure wow. that it's color matched. It's silver tin. The reason why we use silver tin wire is because uh, if it's bare copper wire, it tends to corrode if it gets wet. If you ever notice on a boat, they don't use copper wire because of corrosion factors. They use silver tin wire. That's why I chose when I started this silver tin wire. It's better. It's less corrosion. Um, so there's many things that are done out there. There's many companies that knock us off. Um, if, you, if you ever buy something and the terminals aren't crimped on the wiring, it's basically just you know, wire cut to a length and it includes terminals. It's not ours. Uh, because it, it, if I was a consumer, a great example, Dave, you're working on your bike, you're not going to buy a kit and then not have the right crimping tool to put the terminal on. Right, exactly. So why the hell should I sell a part $3 cheaper and not have the wires crimped on or the terminals crimped on the wire for you? So we do it that way. That's why our machinery, it does it for you. So you don't have to worry about it, and you get a perfect crimp every time. And if you nice. don't, you make a phone call, we get one out in the mail to you, and you're done. No questions asked. And, and it's that, that's some of the things to look for, and that's why we make it plug and play. So that you, we take the guesswork out of it. We take the ability of not having the right tool. Uh, that's why we do what we do. Very cool. I have another question real quick for you, Jeff. Um, Jeremy Cross wrote in and said, Man, I hate wiring. It's the worst. I don't know why it gets me so upset. I'm usually good at most of what I do on my own bike, but when it comes to wiring, I don't want to mess with it. Um, he also asked, is there one particular product that you sell the most of? And we well, already and we already answered good, that, right? Yeah, we, are, we already answered that. It's definitely our handlebar extension, but um, it, it's a good question I look at wiring as children. I have the wonder. I have the most wonderful kid in the world, just like every parent does. My daughter is a handful. Um, she's almost a teenager. Teenager, and there's days where she, you know, she definitely makes my hair turn gray. 
but there's days where I just look at her and I just want to cry and say how much I, I'm in love with my daughter. She is the greatest thing since sliced bread. But wiring is very similar. You either you either love it or you hate it, and it, it either drives you crazy or if it goes well, it makes you feel so good to say, hey, you know what? I did this myself. And right. if, you, right. if you think about it, if you if you have the right tools, you have the right materials, and you take your time and you draw it out first, if you make a, a list of what you need to do or you draw out a schematic on a giant piece of poster paper, say, here's what I need to do, here's what my connections are, you'll do a better job. If you go into it blindly and just say, I'm going to make, you know, I'm going to go in the, the garage one night, have a couple beers, I'm going to knock this wiring job out, you're probably going to fail. Uh, you really have to think through it. Uh, you have to understand what it is you're doing. And the best advice I can give anybody uh, is think through it first. Understand what you're doing when you go in there. Make sure you have the right tools, the right materials, and you really know what you're doing. That's the best thing that you can do. If you don't do it, like I said, you're probably going to run into a, a big problem. Yeah. I I hear a lot of people talk about how they don't enjoy wiring at all. Corey's one of them. So it's it's funny to hear Jeremy say that. Um, Keith Ross, who's from New York City, um, two part. First one, he said, what is the most common question you have about wiring from customers or from people that you know? And then the second part was he's wondering where you guys, if you're going to be set up at IMS or where you're going to be because he wanted to stop by and say hi. And I'm sorry, that was Kevin? Keith, I'm sorry. Keith, oh, no, that was my bad. Uh, Keith, uh, we will not be set up at IMS. Uh, we never really do a lot of the smaller shows, and, and no disrespect to IMS, it's not a small show by any means, but it's not a show where we would get a lot of attention. It's more of a retail consumer product show uh, and or a dealer's type show where you can look at motorcycles. That's not our forte. Um, we do more of the industry-related stuff, uh, and we do a lot of the smaller uh, industry-related things through the distributors. So we won't be there, but we're always available 24-7 on the website, as well as Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the phone. You email me. Uh, I email. I respond to most of the emails myself. I'm not bashful. I'm not sitting behind a desk hiding behind uh, you know, a computer screen. I'm answering the phone. Uh, I'm responding to emails. I'm doing whatever it takes. I'm not. I'm not bashful. But as far as what we're doing and and, and what the products are and uh, what the most, I, I guess, questioned product is, probably knowing the difference between input and output. I know that sounds funny, but with a Badlands module, um, you have signal or wiring in to the module that that allows the module to see what it's looking for, which creates a different output. And a lot of people don't understand that. They really, really don't. Um, the, the other thing I'd say, number two, is probably CAN bus. CAN bus is low-voltage data transmission, and there's a twisted pair of wires. There's CAN high, CAN low, power and ground. So if you were to go to a CAN bus motorcycle right now, and I don't want to bore you, I'm not going to go too in-depth, mm -hmm. the handlebar switch uh, assembly on the right side of the motorcycle used to have six wires, from 1996 to 2006. On 2007, 
Um, actually, it was the same in 2007. The, the left side was a little different. So you have six wires. Each of them have an individual responsibility dependent upon what switch it's coming from. With CAN bus, there's a circuit board in that switch housing, and the twisted pair get the different signal from each button. So if there's four buttons, technically there's four buttons on the right side. There's a brake switch, there's an on-off, a start, and a right turn signal. Each of those buttons represent a different signal through the twisted pair of wires. Then there's power and ground. That's it. That's all there is on a CAN bus motorcycle. People don't understand. They're like, well, where's the wire for the, the start button? Well, there is no more wire. It's all data. And it goes into what's called a BCM, which is the body control module, which tells the starter start, which tells the, uh, the ignition cool to shut off or on, which tells the turn signal to flash or not flash. It's, it's almost like a computer. And everybody's familiar with fuel injection, and in fuel injection you had an ECM, an electronic control module, that told the bike to start, and at certain RPMs it does this, and the speedometer would do this, and the tachometer would do that, and the fuel gauge was all based on the ECM. Now there's a BCM, again, the body control module, that tells all the lighting to turn off and on and, and turn signals to flash and, um, you know, horns to go off. All of that is controlled by CAN bus. And to make matters worse, a lot of people don't realize you can't take a CAN bus motorcycle, for instance, a 2012 Softail, and put on an air horn uh, or a Howard horn. Like there's a company, Howard's Horns, makes really loud horns. You can't put that on a 2012 Softail because the power that the Howard horn draws is so much that it makes the CAN bus system think there's a problem with the factory horn, and it says, I got an error code, I got a trouble code on the computer, and it won't work. Oh. Believe it or not, oh. if you were to take the horn off a CAN bus bike and replace it with one that draws more current or more amperage, it will no longer work because the bike thinks there's a problem. Same thing with a headlight. If you want to put a higher wattage bulb on a CAN bus motorcycle, say it draws 5.5 amps. If that's outside the range Harley has set up in their BCM, that headlight will no longer work. It's really that technical, and it's not, you know, for a guy who's used to working on shovel heads or Evos, he's not going to get it. it. It's very different, and that's a whole new breed of questions that we're starting to get that we're still digesting and becoming the subject matter experts on. I'm still confused, though, Courtney, on how wiring compares to his daughter, Ava. That one threw me. I'm still trying to I'm get talking about yeah, I, I'm okay. a little lost there. Kids in general. Kids in general could be a challenge. So what what I think is interesting, Courtney, is I think here we, we invited Jeff who's a, who's obviously a good personal friend of both of ours and we get it because we both own shops. We didn't know how our listeners would feel about, you know, somebody talking about electrical and obviously it's it's hit uh Yeah a button with people because we're getting a lot of good questions and a lot of people are obviously have the frustration that I do when I try and wire. So I think it's great that he was able to come on and and kind of enlighten a pun there, enlighten us on wiring. Well, we prefer that you don't try to wire, Dave. That's probably the best thing. No, it is. You're right. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> 
You know, I was thinking it was kind of funny, too, that all the questions that we've had were submitted on Facebook. It makes me wonder if people are scared to even talk about it because they just are that confused by it. Well, I mean, we're guys. One thing guys don't want to do is look stupid, so you don't want to present the question wrong or live. Ask for directions. Yeah, ask for directions. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, but, no, I think it's great. Hopefully we got a few more while we're we're cruising. What part are we in? We're getting. We're now in Queens. We're in Queens. We're now in. I was going to say you guys must be in Philly by now. Now we're in Connecticut. <laughs> I can't believe you're still riding around. You know, I'm, I'm trying to find the perfect place, and it's tough. Yeah, we haven't. It's either too small. or... <laughs> I think you should just stay in the car for now. We don't have that much longer to go, um, Jeff. Yes. We learned not too long ago that you and I actually have a mutual friend, I guess from your hometown. Yes. But the Tom funny Schwartz. thing, yes, Tom Schwartz. And the funny thing is what I learned about you from Tom. So you have a background in music, right? Correct. Tell me about how you know Tom, and tell me about this background with music, because this is something that a lot of people probably don't know about if they don't know you very well. Well, um... Be proud of it. Very, yeah, <laughs> no, I, I come from a very big musical family. Um, my uncle, my my cousins, my brothers, uh, even my uh, grandfather, whom I've never met because he passed away before I was born, were all musicians, and my my grandfather was also, uh, he used to do stunts on motorcycles. And my grandmother, I can I can do her famous Italian voice, but I'll probably make half the listeners pee themselves laughing, so I won't do it. But my grandmother said to my grandfather, if you want to marry me, no more motorcycles. You can't so say that and then I, not do it. You have to do it for us. Um, I can't. Because I I, I, I'm on speakerphone and in the back seat, it won't, it won't have the, the right effect. So okay. I just tell you, if my, if my family was listening, they would say, oh, my gosh, Grandma's back from the dead. Um, <laughs> but it, it's a long lineage of, of, of enthusiasm with music. And um, I've been a drummer since I was five years old. I play a little bit of guitar, a little bit of piano, a little bit of bass as well. And I don't know how to read music, and I've never taken a lesson. Uh, so wow. I'm very blessed to have these talents uh, and you have, you have the ability to play and um, I was in a band playing bass uh, when I met Tom, and I I was asked to go back on the drums, and we were going to get a full band, and Tom was rhythm guitar and piano, and Tom is a very, very good musician as well, and uh, he's a wonderful guy, and that's how I met him, and, and it, you know, I, I, I got to reach back out to him. I haven't seen him in a while, but we do keep track of each other on Facebook, I know you work with him quite a bit, and you deal with him quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. Tremendous guy, but we, we met and, and a Neil Young tribute band. Unfortunately, I'm not a huge Neil Young fan, so it was pretty difficult for me. Um, where I'm more of a technical drummer, I like more intricate things. But uh, I, I, nonetheless, I got to meet a really good guy that I'm, I'm proud to say uh, I have a, a good friendship with. So Yeah. I think it's really cool that you guys met that way, and Tom is an awesome guy. Um, did you know that Tom has recently started his own venture in the motorcycle industry? I did not. I'm going to tell you about it real quick because I think it's pretty cool, and I'm proud of him. Tom's one of my 
one of my closest friends. I love him to death. Um, very talented, and he collects old Japanese bikes. Not old, but 70s Japanese bikes. No, I knew that. I knew that part, yep. So he has kind of started his own venture um, restoring these bikes, and it's called Bucks County Vintage Cycles. So I guess Bucks County is somewhere around you guys. I know he lives in Bucks County. Yeah, it's about a half an hour from me, maybe a little, maybe 40 minutes. Okay. So, anyway, he started that. I thought you would think it's pretty cool. Um, I, I'm proud of him. I think it's it's going to be fun for him. Uh, he's very he's very good at what he does. So, anyway, I thought it was really neat that you guys met outside of motorcycles in the music world, and I didn't know if people knew that about you, so I thought you should share it. Very cool. Yeah, thank, thanks for coming. I, I didn't know that either. I'm going to have to hit him up when I get home. The yeah, name of yeah. the Neil Young tribute Courtney, the name of the Neil Young tribute band was Rust, and Jeff is a master at jazz fusion drumming. <laughs> no, not at all. That's so not true. But the, the name of the band was Rust, um, and, and only because one of his albums was Rust Never Sleep. Uh, but I was not a huge fan of Neil Young. He's very talented, just not not my favorite to play, at least. What is your favorite to play? Uh, probably Primus or Soundgarden, Alice in Chains. Uh, okay. A little bit heavier, heavier stuff. Uh, some jazz fusion that Dave commented on. I'm definitely into some intricate stuff. Will you ever get a band back together? Uh, I recently just quit one because I um, I'm having a lot of arthritis in my fingers and my wrists. Um, so I I pretty much. I think I'm calling it calling it a day. I, I think my playing days are over, unfortunately. You're like Phil okay. Collins. You had to retire. I heard he's coming out of retirement. Yeah. You never know. Wow. Well, we'll all we'll all cross our fingers and hold our breath that maybe you'll come back. It might be time for the hot seat. We uh, we definitely may may need a bathroom break in the uh, the vehicle. Uh, so I think we yeah, I don't want to put it. you guys in that situation. So we'll do a hot we'll do a hot seat and then we'll get out of here. Um, let's see. I don't have a hot seat planned, so this is literally going to be by the seat of my pants. Um, Jeff, are you familiar with the hot seat? Uh, I am not, but I, it feels like the the leather seat I'm sitting on is pretty hot, so I'm I'm feeling that right now. Yes. All right, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you a series of questions. They're going to be pretty quick, so I'm going to look for just a one-word answer from you, one, two, three words. Um, First thing that pops into your head, okay? Yep. All right. What is your favorite vacation spot? The Grand Cayman. Nice. What's your favorite motorcycle event? Sturgis. What is your favorite personal motorcycle you've ever owned? Uh, 1956 Pan Shovel. Nice. If Dave and Steve would take you to any restaurant in New York City right now, where would it be? Hopefully, whatever it is, they'd find it soon because we've been driving around aimlessly for an hour and a half. (laughs) I I know it's a little more than three words, but... I thought you were going to say one with the bathroom. That too. All right. <laughs> What's your favorite hamster's memory or funny story? Um, that's not a one-word answer. I know it's not. I yeah, told you. Totally. I'm totally making this up as we go. My favorite hamster story would be 
probably Joe Pro wearing a wig and being obnoxious as hell, as he always is. And for those of you who are listening who know Joe Pro, he lives in up near Cape Cod, Massachusetts up there. And he, he, he eats the lobster and the clam chowder and all that good stuff. But he's a funny guy. Courtney, baby! Hey, honey, baby! <laughs> you can hear him from all the way across the park a lot, no matter where you are. He's, You know what? He's a good guy, and he's one of the most positive people I've ever met. I like Joe Pro. Absolutely. Okay, um... What is the best piece of advice you can give for an up-and-coming builder? Um, don't or a, a business owner. Go ahead. Well, I'm going to say there's, there's two two pieces. If you're a bike builder, don't think you're going to support your family building bikes because it never happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, if you're an up-and-coming business owner, do your homework. Take your time, and slow and steady wins the race. Nice, nice. Now, if you were going to have a, a motorcycle built by another, by some builder out there, who would you choose to build a bike for you right now? Corey Souza. Oh, boy. <laughs> Dave, are your feelings hurt? I'm, I'm just laughing because I know the sarcasm is dripping off my neck because I spit it out. But, uh. Now, honestly, if I if I were to have any bike builder build me a bike um, in the world or in the U.S. Yeah, in the world. In the world, I would say, and I, I, I forget, I honestly, I forget their names, but they are in Germany. Klaus Magnussen. No, not Klaus Magnussen. Um, they are a, a thunder bike. Thunderbike, yes. They are absolutely unbelievable. Yes, they are. I'm glad you brought them up. We were just talking about them here in the shop today. Very cool-looking bikes. If we did, if Dave and I put together a build-off, who are two builders that you would choose that you'd like to see build-off against each other? Um, that's a tough one. I would Say, well, is there somebody you'd like to go against? I can't build a bike. Oh, you can't. I've seen your bikes. I've ridden your bikes. Um, I, I'm not a flashy kind of guy, so my bikes are more put together well and have nice parts, and they're functional, but they don't look pretty. I, I, I always pick the ugliest colors. Nam's green. Nam's green. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I would say a bike build-off that would be kind of fun to watch would probably be uh, Jesse James is always entertaining, even though he's, you know, he's kind of a ham and egger. Uh, he does yeah. do some really nice stuff. But um, there's so many people that, that probably aren't recognized for how good they are. I, I would say Donnie Smith makes some unbelievable motorcycles, and he's got one of the greatest sheet metal guys, in my opinion, in, in the country. And, and Rob Roll, um, but to put him against anybody, um, Matt Matt Hodge is probably the most unique and classic bike builder. Maybe him against Jim Nagy. I don't know. I think he's pretty good. Jim Jim. That'd be cool. Built some really nice stuff too. Uh, you know, 
I don't know. It's, it's tough because there's so many. There's, everybody's different. Everybody has a unique quality. But I would say as far as one of the cleanest bikes I've ever seen in my life uh, that was functional and wasn't gaudy was Matt Hodge. Yeah. He gets brought up a lot on the show. Almost every episode. Well, you, you know Dave has an intimate relationship with him, but I wasn't supposed to tell you that. It's that long hair. When you have no hair, you want long hair. So. <laughs> you just no, stroke Matt, it when you're next to him? Are, yeah, Matt, Matt's bikes are unbelievable. And they're timeless. They're, they are timeless. Yeah. I mean, his soft tail, his soft tail I remember from 15 years ago, I would love to have it. Yeah. I just can't afford it. Yep, yep. All right, tell everybody how they can find you on the Internet. Tell everybody how they can call you, give us your website, phone number, whatever information you can throw out. Sure, sure. Right now I'm on the side of a road in, in McQueen, uh, in <laughs> Queens, New Avenue. York, Hillside Avenue. Hopefully you're not anywhere near here because I don't know how long we're going to last. Uh, I think actually these, these wheels are being put on spinner blocks at, right now. as we speak. <laughs> Um no, uh, you can find us on the World Wide Web at NAM, N-A-M-Z. That's Nancy, Apple, Mary, Zebra, Cat, Cat, Peter, or CCP.com. And you'll find the Badlands website there as well. Uh, our phone number is one eight seven seven two seven seven 277 nam or 6, uh, I don't even know what they are at this point. Um, I need a bio break so bad my teeth are floating. So you can find us on the World Wide Web. You can find us on Facebook at NAMS Custom Cycle Products or Badlands Motorcycle Products. Uh, our phone number I gave you is one eight seven seven two seven seven nams The website address or info at NAMCCP is our generic email address. All of us get that email. One of us will respond to you right away. All right. One more question I have to ask. I know you have to go to the bathroom. What does NAMS stand for? <laughs> I know that. I, I know that one. I know it. His nickname back when he had the big hair and uh, kind of Billy Ray Cyrus was the Z-Man. So <laughs> Nams is Z-Man spelled backwards. Really? Yes. My brother That's told awesome. me when I incorporated, he said, you need to have a name for your business in order to incorporate, you dummy. So I said, okay, I, I don't know what to get. And he says, what about Nams? I'm like, what's that? He goes, it's your nickname backwards. I'm like, oh, okay. So it kind of stuck. Not my favorite, but it stuck, and it is what it is. Now, do you notice That's he cool. did not try and uh, – he didn't correct me when I said he had Billy Ray Cyrus hair. Oh, no, I believe that. I can see that. Isn't that the Fifth Amendment, or is that Mother Amendment? You take the Fifth? I you take the, the fifth. fifth, yes. <laughs> All right. I think it's, it's time for us to go drink a Fifth. Dave's jealous because he has none, but it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I've i seen you with hair, though, Dave. Maybe I'll post that picture, too. All right, you guys go find a bathroom. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on with us tonight. Um, I enjoyed it, and I hope all the listeners did, too. Yeah, and Dave, thank we got to – Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Dave, we got a, a message from Daniel Booker. He wants to know when Matt Hotch is going to be on the show since we talk about him so much. So maybe we'll have to try to figure that out. I'll call him. Because okay. I need to confirm that we're doing Battis Beggar Laughlin with him again. So I'll call him uh, this week. Okay. Very cool. He's, he's um, another Steve, one that's very quiet. Yeah, yeah but I, that's fine. Everybody can't be loud and entertaining. I think that people will want to hear what he has to say, so I think that's that's fine. 
we'll bring something out did of him, you, hopefully. Uh, did you post a picture of me, Jeff, Steve Piquet, and Corey Ness? Yes. Oh, we're supposed to do dinner with him. Not tonight. Yeah, not now. Well, let's let her, the Courtney uh, talk, and we'll talk later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much. Um, Dave, we'll talk later, and you guys have fun. Send me some pictures tomorrow from the show so I can share them with everybody. I always do, don't I? Yes, you do. And, Steve, thanks for being the co-pilot of our mobile command unit. My pleasure. (laughs) All right, guys, have fun. Yes. Uh, Guys, we'll be back next Thursday evening at 7 p.m., so make sure you tune in. Uh, We'll post updates throughout the week to let you know who our guest is going to be and all the details of the show. So everybody have a great night. Uh, We'll see you all next week.